Father, thank you so much for the promise that's, that you've given to us and the fact that you will reign forevermore. And in sending your son, Jesus Christ, as a little baby, you did it for us, that we could know you, that we could know hope, that we could know forgiveness. Thank you for that. In the next few moments as we open your word, I pray that you would speak to our, our hearts by your spirit. I pray that we would understand what it is that you have to say to us today. I pray that it would change even our perspective a little bit. In your name we pray, amen. Thanks, you can have a seat. We're glad that you're here with us and I want to take just the next few moments and chat with you a little bit about Jesus Christ and a little more of what's unexpected about him. And that's really what we've been talking about the last little while. And in case that you were unsure... This Tuesday, we celebrate Christmas. I don't know, maybe some of you, especially, you know, guys, we sometimes get our head down and get working and we forget what's coming. And this Tuesday, we will celebrate Christmas once again. Everything we celebrate has a purpose, right? I mean, when you think about all of the events that happen in our calendar year, July 4th, what do we celebrate? Fireworks? (laughs) What do we celebrate? Independence, right? And you can go down through our list of, of celebrations, whether it be a Memorial Day or Veterans Day or our Mother's Day or our Father's Day and Kids Day is 365 days a year that we celebrate, right? Every day of the year or every, there's celebrations. And if you look at your calendar now, they just keep coming up with more and more celebrations, right? That you're supposed to, you know, flag day and chocolate day. That's, that's, that happens every month. There's a chocolate day in there. I don't know if you've seen that. But we're constantly adding days that are our celebrations. And every celebration that we have has meaning, has a purpose. And Christmas, we now kind of have secularized Christmas and we've made it very materialistic in nature. But Christmas has changed all of history. The coming of a little baby changed history. And if you look at your history books and you look at how we study history, you'll realize that the coming of this one, Jesus Christ, changed everything. It changed how we look at all of humanity. Jesus and his coming was predicted for thousands of years. His coming changed the course of human history and no other person in all of history has had such an effect on humanity. The arrival of the reformer or the one who brought such change as we understood it as man, his arrival was questionable. It wasn't what we thought it should be. It wasn't what the the people who were looking forward to his coming thought should happen. It wasn't how we would have expected it. See, it wasn't about conquering, it was about grace. His approach in coming was about saving people and changing the course of history. And it didn't make sense because it wasn't about control and it wasn't overthrowing a government, it was about sacrifice totally different than how we would see it. And all of that was because he had a plan and a mission that wasn't ours. And it wouldn't be how we would think about it. It wouldn't be how we as people would plan it. 
Just a little side note, I've been a Christ follower now for about 32 years, and most of what God does isn't the way I would do it. And if you're honest about your own walk with God, if you're a Christ follower, you will realize very quick that most of what God has done in your life was not the way you planned it or you thought that it would work out. It was totally different. And God has done that in all of time because he sees things far different than we do. See, if the aim of a coming king was determined by mankind, it would have been for power. The king would have come so that he could have conquered all of the known world. See, that's what people who want power do. If you look back in history, that's what they've all tried to do. From the Greeks to the Egyptians to the Romans to to every nation of the world, when a ruler rises, his goal is, is to gain power. Our own country. We love to describe our country as the most powerful nation in the world. See, if it was up to man, it would be about power. If it was up to man, it would be about control. It would be about making people do things the way we see them because the way we see them is right, right? (laughs) We don't want to say that out loud, but that's how we look at life. The way I see it is right. If it was up to man and the coming of a king, then it would be about conquering. It would be about making those who are the oppressors submit. Those who, who are treating mankind wrong, it would be about putting them under the power of someone who's going to treat people right. That's how we would do it. See, most often in our humanity, our main concern is the immediate. It's security. It's comfort. It's happiness. It's self-fulfillment. But God came with an unexpected aim. Christmas, the coming of Jesus Christ, the coming of the Savior, the coming of the Messiah, the King of Kings came with a truly unexpected aim. And his aim at coming was salvation. And restoration. God's goal, God's plan, God's aim is always long term. Where ours is short, where ours is immediate, where ours is about what we want, our comfort, how we see things, God looks so far ahead. And He has a plan that affects all of mankind for all time. He was not concerned about our short-term comfort. He's always been concerned about the long-term condition of our soul. And when he sees you, that's his concern. I want to read a few verses this morning that may not seem all that Christmas to you. But they're hugely, if I can make that word a word, hugely, They're massively about Christmas and about God's heart and God's plan. If you have your Bible, I'm going to read a couple verses from John chapter 12. If you don't, the verses will be on the screen and you can just follow along. John chapter 12, I want to start at verse 23. It says this, And Jesus replied to them, 
He's standing, there's the disciples are there, and, and this is actually coming to the end of Jesus' life when we're jumping into this story. And Jesus said to, replied to them, the hour has come for the Son of Man to be glorified. I'm sure his disciples are, are, are thinking at this point, great, it's going to happen. He's going to rule. He's the king. The Messiah has come. The one that was predicted, the answer is here. And then Jesus says this, Truly I tell you, unless a grain of wheat falls into the ground and dies, it remains by itself. But if it dies, it produces much fruit. Jesus explains his coming in a word picture. And Jesus looks at those who are following him and he says, Hey guys, I want you to understand why I came. I want you to, unexpe- I want you to understand the, the unexpected aim that I have. And here it is. Here's the aim. Here's why I came. I'm, I'm going to set you free. I'm going to restore the kingdom. I'm going I'm I'm to make you guys great. And here it is. You ready for this? The kernel of wheat goes in the ground and it dies. What? And Jesus is speaking about himself, but he's also speaking about us. But he says this. He says, when that kernel of wheat goes into the ground and it dies, it brings forth life. And out of it produces much life. Because that wheat grows up and it produces a head that has wheat in it. That's life. It's life-giving. First of all, it can be life-giving as food. But secondly, it's the seed that can be replanted that comes back to life and grows again. It brings life. He had an incredibly unexpected aim. And Jesus explains that, look, that seed brings new life. It yields more seed. Think of time. It doesn't happen overnight. You don't put a seed in the ground and tomorrow harvest, right? That'd be nice. Man, Glenn, you guys could plant your seeds on a Monday and sell them on Tuesday. It'd be awesome. Wouldn't that be great? But it doesn't happen that way, does it? The seed goes into the ground and time has to go by. And Jesus and God, remember, are all about the long term. And Jesus looks at this and he says, look, my going into the ground, what's about to happen to me has a long-term effect on humanity. And I'm playing the long game. I'm not here about your comfort. I'm not here about the immediate. I'm here to make sure that forgiveness and freedom and health happen for you. And here's how it happens. A seed, me, goes into the ground and it dies so that it in turn can produce much fruit, much fruit. Jesus, the baby, came to this earth and he didn't go from a baby and tomorrow become the king. He spent 30 years growing and living in perfection to produce a death that would bring life to you and He goes on with this. Look at verses 25 and 26. He says, The one who loves his life will lose it. And the one who hates his life in this world will keep it for eternal life. If anyone serves me, he must follow me. And where I am, there my servant also will be. If anyone serves me, the Father will honor him. Jesus' whole point in coming as a baby was to be a sacrifice. 
And Jesus says, look, if I came to preserve my life, to wrap my arms around myself and say, look, I'm good enough for me. I am the king of kings. I am God. And I'm here and I'll show you how a perfect life should live, but I'll, I'll protect my life for you. It would have done us no good. But Jesus says, I came to lay my life down, to lose it, to give it up. So that you in turn could have eternal life. What an unexpected, crazy approach. What an unexpected aim. This doesn't even make sense that someone would do this. Especially someone who's the king. Especially someone who's God. Why? He shows us the picture and asks us that we too would be willing to join him in what he's doing. Jesus is looking at you right now and he's saying, are you willing to give up the same way that I was? Are you willing to yield your life the same way that I was willing to to yield mine for you? This doesn't sound fun or enjoyable. I mean, let's be honest. What Jesus is talking about is giving up my rights, my desires, the things that I want. It doesn't sound like it produces much fun. It doesn't sound like it makes me look all that good. And you're right if you're thinking that. It sounds difficult and it sounds painful. And you're not alone in that thought because even Jesus had the same thought. Look at verse 27 if you have your Bible. He says it this way. Now my soul is troubled. What should I say? Father, save me from this hour? But that is why I came to this hour, Father, to glorify your name. Jesus knew what was coming. He knew the pain. He knew the difficulty. He knew the hurt. And he looks at it and he says, should I say I don't want to do this for these people, for all of humanity? Should I say I want to back out of the cross? No. No. This is why I came. This was my purpose. This was the long-term plan of the Father. And I know it. And I know it. Will it hurt? Yeah. And it's not the hurt that you and I think. We think of the cross and we think the hurt of hanging on the cross, the death on the cross. That wasn't the pain, folks. That's not what he's talking about. He's talking about the separation of a perfect relationship. He was perfect in relationship with his father. No sin between them. Nothing between them. Perfect relationship. And Jesus knows that he's going to take my sin. Tim Knowles, my sin, your sin on his body. And that which was perfect was made sin for us who knew no sin. And the father turned his face from us. That's the pain. It's the separation of the perfect relationship that he had with his father. And Jesus looks and he says, that was the plan. And I'm in. Unexpected aim. Really unexpected. And folks... He did that for you. He did that for me. He did that because that was his plan. Jesus says, I know what I need to do. But the short-term goal goal would be to avoid the pain. The short-term for us often is, how do I get what I want? How do I enjoy life to its fullest Right here, right now, how do I get people to see me the way I want them to see me? And Jesus looks at us and says, no, give up, surrender, sacrifice your life for my sake, and I will bless you and I will make you the person 
that I always intended for you to be. Jesus came for the redemption of mankind, those he had created in his own image to bring glory to the Father, and he wants the same for us. Look at verse 29. The end of verse 20, 28, it says this, and then a voice came from heaven. I have, I have glorified it. This is the life of Jesus, and I will glorify it again. And the crowd standing there heard it. And they said, they said it was thunder, and others said it was an angel has spoken to him. And Jesus responded, the voice came not for me, but for you. It was God looking at Jesus saying, what Jesus is about to do, his answer, his giving up his life, It brings glory to me, and that's what I want from you. I want you to understand the mission that Jesus is on, and that mission is you. It's for you. Look at verse 32. 30 to 32, it says this, and Jesus responded. Oh, sorry, I already read that. Let me keep going. As for me, if I am lifted up from the earth, I will draw all people to myself. He said this to indicate what kind of death he was about to die. Jesus looked at those following him, the disciples, those who were gathered around, and he said, guys, this won't make sense to you. You're not going to get this. But very soon, they're going to take me, and they're going to nail me to a cross. They're going to take me, and I'm not going to resist. I'm going to say yes. Isaiah put it this way, that he would go as a lamb to the slaughter. As a lamb before the shears. In other words, no control of himself. He would allow them complete control. And he said it this way, if I go and I yield myself to them and I die and I give up. If I'm lifted up, then all of mankind get to be affected. See, Jesus coming as a little baby was a really unexpected arrival. (laughs) It wasn't the way it came shows. Jesus coming as a sacrifice to the messy people of this earth, to the down and out, to the poor, was an unexpected approach. It wasn't the way he should have come. It wasn't the way we would see it at all. But his aim was totally different than any of us would ever imagine. And his aim was to be a sacrifice for you and for me. His aim was the plan that he had for you. His aim was the plan that he had for me. And that plan was that all of humanity could be redeemed, that the relationship he created for us between God the creator and mankind, you and me, he said, I want to fix it. I want to make it right. I want to make it so that, that they can have forgiveness and newness of life. And the only way that can happen is if I give up, if I sacrifice, if I say yes, And if I do this, it completes my long-term plan for man. Then all of humanity, for all time, past, present, and future, get to be restored. They get to be forgiven. They have an opportunity at a right relationship with their creator. And there's no other way that could happen. Except for one who is perfect, is willing to pay the price 
for those who aren't. That one who is perfect, Jesus Christ, is willing to pay the price for those who aren't me. That's me. That's me. So his unexpected arrival, his unexpected approach, his unexpected aim were all because he had and still has an unexpected plan. His plan is you. His plan is you. He didn't come for power. He already has it. He didn't come for fame. He already has it. He didn't come for control. He already has it. He came for me. He came for you. He came to give us what we couldn't get on our own. From any other human being in any other time of history, we couldn't get it. What we need is forgiveness. What we need is meaning. What we need is life. What we need is freedom. What we need, it's hope. It's an opportunity to be be part of something that is far bigger than us. Part of the family of God and his kingdom. Forgiveness is yours. It's free. It's available. It's why Jesus came the way he did. Is that what you've been looking for? Forgiveness? Hope? An opportunity at life? You see, the aim of the coming of God as a little baby to this earth was your and my salvation. That is why Jesus came. Had an incredibly unexpected aim. That aim was me. It was you. He saw you. His long-term goal was you. It was so that you could have a relationship with your creator. If you came here this morning wondering why in the world am I going to church, why in the world am I walking in here, the reason is because Jesus wants a relationship with you. You can have that relationship. It's simply accepting what he's done for you on the cross. He paid the price for your sin. It's done. It's complete. He just wants you to admit the fact that you can't pay for it and you need him. You need a savior. He wants you to say yes. If you want to do that this morning, you want to talk to me after, I'd love to. The king of kings. The God of the universe. Saw you. He loved you. He wants to restore his relationship with you. God, thanks for this season. Sorry we've messed it up. So much of what we do has nothing to do with your incredible plan for us. 
thanks for showing us your son. Thanks for loving us in spite of our mess up. Thanks for loving us in the middle of it. Thanks for offering us forgiveness and hope and freedom and a family. God, by your spirit, touch our hearts. Help us to see Jesus. Over this next week, as we celebrate all of the events that will take place in each of our families, God, help us to see Jesus. Remind us of why you came. You came for us. Thanks. In Jesus' name.